Nation, my friend. Afraid, are you? Streaming technology. For more information, visit shoutcast.com. Hi, this is Michael Sheard, Admiral Ozzel from the Empire Strikes Back, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. Accepted a rebel broadcast. Here it is. And welcome to Star Wars on the right, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Hi, everybody. This is Ronnie Taylor, company by Rebel scum. They are in this system. I will deal with them myself. The Emperor himself has requested your presence about this matter. Prepare my shuttle. Yes, my lord. Bidding, my master. There is a great disturbance on the internet. I have felt it. The show is Star Wars on Direct. Yes, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Can we communicate with all the Star Wars fans through this show? Not yet, my master. Some fans have never heard the show. They will. It is inevitable. We can use the Force to make these rebel fans tune in live and then take control of Star Wars fandom. They will listen to Star Wars on direct or be destroyed, my master. Good. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Josh from TheForce.net. When you get online, be sure to stop by the number one fan site for Star Wars for your daily dose. Our Star Wars news is updated literally a dozen times a day. We cover everything from the upcoming Episode 3 to the latest video games and collecting news. If it's connected to Star Wars, you'll find it on TFN. Post your thoughts about Star Wars, react to the latest news in the Jedi Council forums. Over 10,000 posts a day. Stop by our side of the Internet, theforce.net, your daily dose of Star Wars. 
StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars Fan Audio on the Internet. It's your home for Star Wars Fan Audio Genre News, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas, with behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an Internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars Fan Audio community, and the only Fan Audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events, everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community in the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Star Wars on Direct is brought to you by SimpleNet. With SimpleNet, obtain a low-cost advertising for your company or, quite simply, a space to put your personal website online. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Welcome to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. I'm joined today by Danny and Brian, my Hello. two co-hosts and my Hello. producer. Uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very exciting show because we're going to be interviewing none other than Alvin Johnson, the founder of the 501st Legion. Alright. And we got a couple of 501st in the, in the chat room. Hi guys, we're going to salute you later as well. Uh, secondary part, of the secondary subject of the show is is actually going to be talking to other people from the 501st, see their experience, how they like it. Uh, we've, yeah, that's it. <laughs> We're gonna have an hyperspace segments, which is actually gonna be the shortest hyperspace segment in the ever, <laughs> ever, <laughs> in the story of Star Wars on Direct. It's um, yeah, 
It's really That's five it's minutes. Five minutes. So you guys are not gonna have like a lot of spoiler this week. And uh, we also are gonna have uh, Star Wars Miscellaneous News. Two pages, I think. Two pages. Well, we, we gotta stop doing shows at a week interval. <laughs> we also have a community update at the end of the show. And basically, right now we're gonna go to Brian, who's gonna tell us how you can contact us. You can send us an email by sending an email to the to studio at swendirect.com. You can reach us by MSN Messenger by adding the user swendirect at hotmail.com to your messenger list. On the main page, you can contact us through the chat. Uh, you can watch us through the webcam, and you can join our Yahoo group by and get ex- and get information as it develops from Star Wars on Direct. The webpage is www.swendirect.com. There you go. Did you mentioned the chat. Yeah, of course. Okay. And you I'm, getting, I'm getting good now. Your friend is Boba Fight, right? No, Boba Fight. No. No. Because he's in the chat. He was at the SFX in Montreal, I think. No, right? that's... Uh, Boba yeah, Fight? That's, that's Nick. BH8311. BH311? Will Hask. Seb, this is Boba Fight. He probably meant like Boba Fett, but okay. No, by, no I think the, uh, the party Boba. Yeah. Okay, it's Nick. That's <laughs> <laughs> Graham. That's Graham. Nick's the clone trooper. Nick's the clone trooper. See that that's Graham's Boba Fett. That's why me- that's what's messing me up with the childrens and families and all that. Uh, well, now that you got the the link, uh, I'm gonna just gonna say for the chat uh, people that my room one is gonna be for the spoiler fans. If you want to discuss any spoiler, go into my room one. When we're gonna be talking in the hyperspace segment, it's gonna be in my room one. That they nowhere else than that. Uh, if you have any questions for Albin or anyone else from the 501st, you go to my room 2 and you drop them in there. My room 2 is for questions for 501st or questions for us. Did I make myself clear? I think you did. Sir, yes, sir. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should say that to me. <laughs> Did I make myself clear, Cooper? <laughs> But now we're going to review a very good movie that came out this week. Yes. Alien vs. Predator. Okay. I have a problem here. Not with the movie. I enjoyed the movie. It's with people bashing the movie. Shut up. Please. You are nitpicking at a bad, good movie. Okay? It doesn't matter. You are thinking too much about this movie and you're ruining it. Too many people do this about any other movie. There's some movies that you just go in, shut off your brain, and enjoy it. Yeah. Alien is one, one of those. Them, Alien yeah. vs. Predator is one of those movies. I'm sorry, but Aliens, Alien, Alien 3, and Alien, Alien Resurrection, Alien. and Predator, and Predator 2, I'm sorry, those movies, you just don't think too much. Yeah. Okay? Don't. You're setting yourself up for a disappointment if you think too much. Don't expect anything. Expect a fun ride. Yes. A very fun ride. Yeah. I had fun. See, the story is simple, but you it know, you're, you're there to watch the, the fights and the. And the yeah. That's it. And PG 13 isn't a bad thing for this movie. It was They general, I think. In Quebec. Yeah, in Quebec. In okay. Quebec, it doesn't matter. They said fuck in the movie, and it's a general movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but in the States, it's PG 13, and people don't like that. Mm-hmm. But for the reason that. Wait a just there reason. Is PG, it's PG 13 because they want to get the kids that are under 17 to go see the movie without their parents. Yeah. 
that's the key audience. If you make a movie that's R, you have a hard time selling it. If it's NC-17, good luck. You're never going to make a dime off that movie. If it's R, it's harder. But PG-13, it's accessible to pretty much anyone. So what's the story, basically? Seb? Stop posing. The the basic story of Alien vs. Predator came in 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 Predator 2 when we saw an alien, you know, encased into a trophy room of the Predator ship in L.A. It was L.A., right? I didn't see it. Okay. (laughs) You missed something. It wasn't too bad, actually. And um, from that came like, oh my god, Predator kill aliens and everything, and therefore started fan fictions, started video games, the comics, the comics, everything There's like There's a couple of novels by yeah. Steve Perry. There you go. A very good Star Wars topic. Yes. And um, the, uh, the basic story is that Predator, in order to become... To attain adulthood, like to attain adulthood, they have to go through some trials. A rite of passage. A rite of passage, and this rite of passage is to actually destroy an alien, aliens, and the queen alien. No, I don't think sure they, I don't think they destroy the queen alien because she's like their actually their in, the, in the comic producer. books. In the comic books, I'm told that like the one who want, who wants to make it really really prove that he's a really good predator male. He's gonna go for the queen, but you know, it, only with his claws. Yeah, but wow. each generation, they have to put back another queen. So, it's yeah, but I, I'm sorry, but aliens, from my point of view, they're like rats yeah. or vermin or or uh, a virus. It, they're not that hard to find, I think, yeah. for the predators. Okay. Yeah. As a race. Okay. But I, I enjoyed it. I had fun. It was just basically the idea was that they went, they had this pyramid in Ant- on an island in Antarctica, and every hundred years they lure humans there. They bring humans there to the, be the host of the, the host of the aliens. The aliens pop out of their stomach, and now the they predators to yeah. kill them. Yeah. And if they can't kill all the aliens, they, they blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> That's there you it. Go. And what happens is they go. People go down there. They get the aliens in their stomachs, and this yeah. one woman uh, helps the predator by giving them back their weapons, mm-hmm. and the predator spares her. And then there's this whole romantic predator-human <laughs> thing going on. <laughs> we don't <laughs> want to know about that. Yeah, that I just it's leave it to the fan fiction. Yeah. Yes. The, 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 <laughs> there was a cool reference with the the. the The company. owner of the company, uh, yes. Bishop uh, Whelan, was picking between the finger, fingers with a pen, and just like it's a Bishop. reference for the the second Alien movie, yes, with the the android Bishop. Yes, yes. and one of my friends said uh, that at the end. He said, he, we were walking out of the theater and he was we were walking ho- on, on back to the car and he said I swear to God at the end I swear they were going to kiss when he takes <laughs> off his mask <laughs> the predator and the, the female well we're not going to give you mo- like that much more I, I, I had end. fun I enjoyed yeah. it it was a fun ride the, the effects were nice yeah. some of the action scenes I wish they would have choreographed them fully instead of just going in close up and not seeing what it was but yeah. eh, whatever I'm not going to lose any sleep over this. It was fun. Ladies and, and gentlemen, I was just beside Wookie Mart. I think oh gosh. in the chat. Yes. And it was that, that's <laughs> half the fun. Yeah. If you go to a movie with Wookie Mart, that's half the fun. I remember in Return of the King, they made the whole row shake. He was stomping his foot so loud. He was <laughs> going nuts. There you go. And um, 
No, but seriously, people, it's if you really want to see a predator ramming an alien into a wall and then swing it over its head into different columns, go see Alien vs. <laughs> predator. It's worth seeing in theaters. It's worth paying ten bucks for. Like, oh yes, I'd say movies. if you are skeptical about it, go see a matinee. matinee. Yeah. yeah, but if you're if you're just with friends, want to joke around, go see a goofy movie, go see it at night. It doesn't matter. Yeah. you're gonna have fun. It's a natural action film. That's it. That's, That's it. it. So, so on with the show, and right now we're going to go to the first musical break. We'll be listening to Bark at the Moon from Ozzy Osbourne.
next time on Star Wars Nothing Changes. I should kill you. Do not make any sudden moves. Where's your sense of fun? What the hell are you doing? Jedi still. Get the data. Let's do this. Roger. What? How do you know that? The Force whispers, Supervisor. I simply listen. How many children did you kill to be put in charge? I don't believe it. All right, let's get back to the ship. Coming online now, sir. Attention, rebels. Patience. We can see that. Please heed this advice, for it will be your only chance. Run. At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Hello, this is Paul M., director of Lucas Online. And you're listening to Star Wars on Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Tonight we have very special prizes to uh, raffle away while we'll be doing the show. There's a very nice uh, VHS copy of Star Wars. The best documentary on the episode one experience, says TheForce.net. And I tend to agree with you, with, with them, on that comment. And right now, we're going to go to my friend, Brian, who's making funny faces on the webcam. Yes, I am. Who's going to tell us everyone who's in the chat? B8831? BH. BH8311. Blizzard. The Shovel. Delos. Ender. Good Ouija. Raven. Shugnance. Nathan. Tireclaw, TX, TK924, TK1267, Wookie Mart, Xenadu, Zeltek, there you go, TK924, whom we'll probably be talking to later on, if I'm not mistaken, 
And, uh, yeah, that's it. On with the show. Now is going to be the hyperspace segment, ladies and gentlemen, which is going to be lasting only five minutes from server time, which is the time appearing at the bottom of the chat room, if you're in the chat with us right now. And uh, we'll be, of course, we're, of course, uh, telling you this because you can just turn the volume down for five minutes, then come back, and there's going to be no more spoilers. Uh, right now, uh, we'll be going into the show, into the, the hyperspace segment pretty soon. When this happens, uh, we ask you to discuss any spoilers on the chat room in my room one. If you want to discuss them other places on the internet, we ask that you do not do so in spoiler unallowed forums. There are spoiler allowed non-spoiler forums. Non-spoiler forums. Non-spoiler forums. Or non-spoiler places. That's it, that's it. There are spoiler allowed forums all around the internet, so you can discuss them there. And be good to the fans who don't want to be spoiled. So we're gonna go in hyperspace right now. Oh crap! Prepare to jump into hyperspace on my mark. All right, stand by. And okay, so we're back a week later from last week. Now that was a pretty intelligent comment, wasn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're back from last week. Yeah. And uh, basically, there's been one before the other picture. There's got, there's there's been one null vision picture. Uh, there's been one photoreceptor picture this morning that uh, were like Friday night. Yeah. With a very interesting episode three comment. So I'm going to start with the null vision, which is basically the uh, offices of the Supreme Chancellor Palpatine. And there's not not much to see because the picture was taken from the uh, overhead. Uh, passageway for lights and everything and uh, basically the only thing you can see now is the passageway that leads to Palpatine's quarter or his secret office where he will be actually taking Anakin down to the dark side of the force which doesn't exist anymore um, then there's the before the end picture showing us a nice upper torso shot of uh, Anakin's mold and they're actually making the helmet of Darth Vader based on that actual mm. I'm so far kind of disappointed with my hyperspace ever since I subscribed been pretty boring yeah you have to go like on the web on the webcam every day and you just like bunny girl just sit there and watch the webcam and <gasps> ooh someone just passed through that was there you go that's pretty boring that's how much excitement you can get from the webcam ladies and gentlemen yes it is <laughs> And, um, of course, there was the uh, photoreceptor image that was very interesting because the, ti- the text that was following it was as follows. The Dark Lord of the Sith pauses to reflect while looking out his Star Destroyer's viewport. The minimal set used in Episode 5 had only a single viewport built into its upper deck, a design closely copied for a similar shot in Episode 3. So they just confirmed a spoiler that we had back last fall. Yes. Yeah, that the end, how the it end of out, uh, Return of the uh, Revenge of the Sith will happen. Yeah. Was there, yeah. looking out the viewport and looking at the, the Death Star, Star, the Death Star being built. Yes, this is gonna be fun, 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 fun. And uh, the big news that came out this week is that uh, it's been officially confirmed that Alderaan will be one of the twelve planets in Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. You know, if you if you talk like it's this, you're French. fucked. You're fucked. You cannot say the title well. Revenge of the Sith. Uh, we already had a good idea that this planet was going to be there uh, last winter when we saw one of the um, binders. Binders that said in Alder. one of the web documentaries. Yeah. One of the webcam, webcam shots as well. Shots? Okay. So yeah, 
it was pretty well known ever since then, but they just well, confirmed it like recently. I had a sinking suspicion that they had to put it in at some point. You know, it blows up in episode four. Got to see it before. <laughs> That's it. And apparently, the good, the nice thing about this is that the architectural designs of the planet will be very similar to one of the Tenti Four. So yeah, so we've seen some well. art. Early wow. on, uh, you yeah, see all white. Uh, there's one. There are a few art designs. Yeah. You have the Lucasfilm archive book. Mm. There are some in there. I yeah. have. Yeah. You, there you see the city of Alderaan yeah. or the university? I don't remember. It's libraries yeah. and stuff. It looks cool. Hey you, hey you, Alderaan University. <laughs> oh. Okay. Princess Leia went there. Oh yeah. <laughs> and there's. Like this rumor we got this morning from uh, a very secret source, which we cannot disclose. Something but awful. <laughs> I told you that was there. <laughs> what? 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 Uh, it's it's exactly where I thought it was from. Something awful. The oh, okay. the source for that rumor. Uh, basically, a guy knows a guy at Lucasfilm, and the guy from Lucasfilm said that while he was working on Kashyyyk and Yoda, uh, said that says that Yoda is actually going to Kashyyyk to meet this uh, diplomat. And he's gonna find an alacron. He's gonna find an alacron. He's gonna be meditating, and he's gonna see visions of Anakin turning to the dark side with the help of, of course, Emperor Palpatine, Darth Sidious, infecting Anakin's mind and making him kill Queen Amidala. Well, Senator Padme Amidala. I so. I don't know what to say about this. I can't. I don't like the turn of events. Okay. I don't like how it works. Okay. Basically, if you ask me, the alacron part has been actually conf- unconfirmed. By Pablo Hidalgo and the official yeah. denied. It's yeah. been denied. Yeah. So I don't. I don't believe like one word of this, except maybe the fact that there's this mind poisoning part from. I, I don't. That's the part that I don't like. There you go. I don't know. It's. I found we'll it. I saw it. I we'll have to wait true. a couple it's, of more it's weeks. It's a rumor. Yeah, it's, it's a, a rumor. That's a. We'll, we'll we'll just wait a couple. Keep it, of uh, keep it uh, I'm tempted. It. I'm tempted to believe it because it comes from someone from something awful. And if you're a member, you usually not post bullshit unless yeah, yeah. it's really sarcastic. Mm-hmm. And this was a pretty serious post. So I'm tempted. I'm. I have to kind of believe it, but I'm not sure. Okay. It could be disinformation, though. Probably. Also. Who knows. Well, the only thing I have to say about this is we'll just have to wait and see, and that's the end of the hyperspace segment. And we're going to be moving on to the miscellaneous news with our friend Kit Fisto. Master Fisto, trust your insight, we do. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Miscellaneous News. We're going to start with comics this week. The official site has announced over the weekend that there will be... Okay. Oops, I just uh, pressed the wrong... Okay, continue. Okay. Um, you can go to the official site to see the covers and the details. The Empire number 27 will be released on November 3rd. Obsession number 1 will be November 17th. Republic number 71 on November 24th. So check those comics out at your local comic shop. Moving on to collecting. Hasbro has updated its site and we are going to be seeing some free Episode 3 packaging in the uh, new Toys R Us exclusives. So um, it's going to be a little bit different than the original trilogy cards but I find personally I find they're lacking a little something. 
Um, you can check out there's a Queen Amidala with the Globe of Peace from episode one. Slime Moore, the staff aide of Supreme Chancellor Palpatine from episode two and three. Yura, Wookiee Senator um, from Kesh. Keshka. Blah, I don't know how to say it. Um, on, from Coruscant. Uh, and Pablo Jill, Jedi Knight. Also released was the Return Revenge. I can't say it properly, can I? It's Revenge of the Sith. Yep. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith preview wave has been disclosed. Who will be participating? Who will be in it? The preview wave. You have Tian Medin, okay. caretaker of an unnamed planet. If you're following the, the, the spoilers, you know who it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Spence is was long named as was long ago named as character, and he's the actor who's playing him. Um, General Tartuf, a Wookiee warrior, an astromech droid, and General Grievous, last seen in Clone Wars Chapter 20. Okay. So that's for collecting news. You'll also see him in the, the Clone Wars Sorry. Season 3. Now, big news in the video games LucasArts has laid off 31 employees. What? 31 employees they have laid Man. off. It seems that the new president, Jim Ward, has quoted saying this, Since joining LucasArts in early May, I've, had a, I've taken a hard, critical look at our business. I've come to the conclusion that to make LucasArts thrive and to position ourselves for the long-term future, we need to make some fundamental changes. Ward named Peter Hirschman Vice President of Product Development who will oversee the both internal and external development. Hirschman has been with LucasArts for two years and has been involved with such titles as Secrets Over Normandy and the upcoming games Star Wars Battlefront and Mercenaries. Hirschman previously with Electronics Art where he launched and oversaw Medal of Honor series. As a result of restructuring, 31 and people have from the development studio were laid off as the company will be concentrating on f- future on fewer titles. That means that the episode 3 game that's going outside that's no longer being developed by LucasArts. Okay. Uh, Battlefront is the only one staying in-house and that one's soon to be finished. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, what's, you know what's funny is that all the other titles that LucasArts have that has made good in the last few years that Star's community has loved weren't made in-house. Mm. So they were all made by third company, Pandemic, Bioware, Factor Five, Obsidian, and Raven, and others. It, yeah, I, for me, like it's too bad people lost their jobs, but you guys didn't put out anything we liked. Yeah. Sorry, it's the That's way it, it goes. Yeah. In other news, but basically, you know what this means for us? We just let we just lost thirty-one people to actually interview. Or it would be nice if one of you is out there and you know like your 30 other friends contact us we'd like to know how you feel <laughs> we're this voice of Star Wars fandom yeah there you, you must be Star Wars fans of course all. you look at work at LucasArts if you weren't no Biomax before Knights of the Old Republic 2 is going to be coming out it's in the near future yes and it's yeah. not being developed in house no. it's out so don't worry all of your games are not going to be lost Mm. If they were in development, they will still be in development. Yeah. They're just not no longer being developed in-house. Yeah. Very or sorry. Why having a company that only produces 
out out of the Aus games. Outhouse games? Yeah. Um Microsoft. Oh yeah. Well, Microsoft, <laughs> Sony. Um big companies do okay. that. Somehow um other companies do that also. Nintendo does it some, but they also have a strong in house. Okay. Depends it for different reasons they do it. It's cheaper usually. Okay. Um also if any of you are interested in lurk purchasing Skywalker Ranch wine, yeah, there will be a new. There's going to be a Merlot um, distributed tomorrow through morning. T- tomorrow morning through Neenbaum Coppola Estate Winery in a very limited supply, and it's yeah. not available if they're in not Canada, sh- yeah. they're not shipping to Canada. Damn, I think it has to do with the um, drinking laws. Yeah. Maybe and the export laws and Wookie Mart uh, reminded us of the thing we said last last week I think about the the uh, the main uh, guy for Star Wars Kevin O'Hara Kevin yeah. O'Hara being replaced by uh, Scott Girls yes. from uh, for Star Wars Galaxies yes yeah what happened to Galaxies it's going down poor poor the dream you you know what at least like in this. Uh, we were talking earlier in the pre-show about this uh, magazine called Surge, and uh, Eric Gewertz, uh, who's one of the guys working working on Battlefront right now, is quoted this in big big capital fonts, Verdano fonts. Funny, funnily enough, it was very important that we captured the look and feel because God knows we'll hear about it from fans if we get it wrong. <laughs> That's you know, true. on on battle on the subject of Battlefront. Yeah, yeah. but you know, at least I mean, they're 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 honest. Something. They're learning something. <laughs> it's a good sign. Battlefront is too bad being developed for the PS2. That's all I have hey, to say. Hey, it's an PS2 old system. system. A, really suge- a suggestion from Wookie Mort in the chat: Maybe uh, Electronic Art uh, should do the next X-wing or Tie Fighter game. No, I don't think they should do that. I yeah. think they should do like. Uh, I think I think what Wookie wants really is a job at EA downtown Montreal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> game tester. Um, there will be yes, in the third of September they're releasing the Rebel Storm miniature figures. Yes, and uh, you can get it in Montreal if you go to their sites. You can get your levelet.com if you're in Montreal. Levelet de coeur. Levelet de coeur. So, sorry, Montrealers, unless like other stores get get some stuff as well, you're gonna have to pay a buttload of money <laughs> to get your little miniatures to play Star Wars and have fun. Is there anything else, Brian? He's reading. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Okay. There you go. And, uh, yes, we're still missing our very good friend. What's her name again? Oh, Cheetor. <laughs> huh? <laughs> Who? We're, we're almost forgetting about her now. It's like, you have to come back to us. So maybe, uh, at least the people in the check, there's a lot of people now. So, uh, BH. 8311, Biomax, Blizzard, Deshovel, Delos, Ender, Goodweegee, uh, Master Drawn, Raven, Septarian, Shugnix, Tarek, Tigerclaw, TK9K, 
1264, TK1267, Wookie Zenadu, and Zeltek. There you go. Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming to listen to our show. Yes. And if so you're listening right now and that you're not in the chat, feel free to join us. www.swendirect.com Click on chat link. It's right on the left side of your page. There you go. Just join us. There you go. Or be destroyed. And we shall be listening to some Pearl Jam now, gentlemen, because we're going to be having an even flow until we come back with the main subject, an interview with Alvin Johnson.
At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by a team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. This is Stephen Barnes, author of the new Clone Wars Star Wars novel, The Justice Deception, and you're listening to Star Wars On Direct. And we are back on Star Wars On Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. And uh, right now we're joined with uh, none other than the founder of the 501st Legion, Halbin Johnson. Hi, Halbin, how are you? Hey, good. How are you guys? We're pretty good. Uh, very honored to have you here with us tonight. I mean, uh, you're the guy who just, like, at one point in his life, figured that it could be fun to actually have a couple of people dressing up as Stormtrooper and just walking around conventions and stuff like that. And look what, look where the 501st are at now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really exciting. I mean, you're right. It, I think everybody who's seen Star Wars, first thing they were excited about was... Uh, You know, the stormtroopers and, and elements from another world like that. And, and the thing that struck me was just how cool it was to hang out with other Star Wars fans. And it's great to see the family's really grown now. Okay. Uh, we're going to jump right into this uh, interview, exclusive interview on Star Wars on Direct. And uh, we're going to ask you the very first question we ask all of, our, all of the folks that come here. Uh, you have to tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where do you come from? What do you do for work, for a living? What's, what's are you, what are your hobbies other than getting into a Stormtrooper outfit? Oh, okay, well, um, I was uh, born in Kansas, but uh, being the son of an mil ex-military man, we moved a lot. So uh, we ended up in South Carolina, and uh, I went uh, for my psychology degree and then uh, had a, a devastating car accident that left me uh, wheelchair-bound for about... 12 months and uh, decided to go back for my engineering degree uh, after that and it was during that time that uh, I got very interested in computers and uh, that's what I do today is that I do uh, you know computer work for the state government in South Carolina and it was also a time uh, during my wheelchair bound phase that I got very interested in Star Wars again because that was a time when uh, a lot of the excitement was coming back about Star Wars. So uh, you know, I, I spend a lot of time with my kids. I, I coach kids soccer, and uh, you know, deal a lot with computers in my in my spare time. Okay. And uh, what was your first contact with Star Wars? What do you remember of that experience? It's really funny. Uh, back in '77, when the the movie first came out, uh, my parents were very religious, and uh, we came from Missouri, like I said. So there weren't a lot of movie theaters around. 
So this was going to be my first time going to a movie theater in 77 when we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. And as we got to the theater, you know, my mom and dad wanted to see some religious film. And I remember walking into the theater, and there's this huge poster of Darth Vader, and I'm thinking, you know, Mom, Dad, let's go see this. You know, this is what I want to see. And, uh, you know, we didn't. We had to go see the religious film. But the very next week, we snuck back with my dad, and we saw Star Wars, and it just blew my mind that, you know, none of the movies that you've seen on TV, and you've got to remember this before the age of cable and VCRs or anything, just the, 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 the phenomenal effects and, and the storyline uh, really appealed to me as a, as a seven, eight-year-old. Uh, and I was just totally blown away by, you know, the dark, the light, the evil, the good, the, the fantastic uh, pageantry of the movie. So my first, uh, my first introduction into Star Wars was almost the first movie I'd ever seen. So you can imagine, it just really, it just blew my mind. <laughs> it, it certainly like did to all of us, I think. Um, and how exactly did you get into costuming? Well, that, that's really another funny story. I mean, I, I've always felt like I'm kind of a fish out of water because the neat thing about the 501st is there are so many talented costumers, I mean real costumers, real hobbyists that know how to make this stuff and fabricate it. Uh, I got into it uh, back in 96 or 97 when the re-releases were coming out. A friend of mine uh, and I in, in South Carolina started talking about stormtroopers, how cool they were, and you know the internet was just taking off and we said, I bet you there's probably some armor out there somewhere. Someone has to make this stuff. Because we were thinking of making it ourselves, it was so cool. Um, but we finally found uh, a hobbyist uh, on a news group board out of California, and he sold us a couple of suits of, uh, of armor that he had made in his shop. And, uh, you know, that was, to me, just completely alien to me. Other than Halloween, I never really got into costuming. But I was willing to make an exception for this because I really wanted to play this part. And I could imagine when the re-releases came out how cool it would be to have... Uh, you know, stormtroopers actually showing up at the theater. Back in 77, I remember as a kid going to Charlotte, and uh, they actually had a, Le- a Luke and a Leia and a Vader and a stormtrooper, and thinking to myself as a kid, how magical an experience it was to have actual characters there. But for me, I really wanted kids, you know, in 97 to be able to see that, and uh, that's how I got into costuming. The community really just dra- sucks you in, at that point, shows you how cool it is to do all kinds of costumes. Okay, and for those of those few Star Wars Star Wars fans out there that don't know about it as it stands, can you explain to us what is exactly the Five O First? Oh for, well, you mean described to Star Wars fans or just the public? Describe to the public. All right, well, to the public, you know, it's like I've said a lot of times. The 501st is, a, is first and foremost a, a community of friends that get together and really share a love of Star Wars because, uh, let's face it, in, in the mainstream world, uh, science fiction, fantasy, costuming is all considered sort of not a deviant, but certainly not a mainstream uh, preoccupation. Uh, so it's first and foremost a, a very large, uh, very self-supportive club of friends and fellow fans, but it's also more than that. It's a community-driven uh, volunteer group that has sought to justify our time spent in the costumes by giving back to our community. So you could say it's both 
uh, a family of friends and fans. Uh, it's a promotional tool for the magic of Star Wars and inspiring other people uh, that love the movies. And it's also uh, a volunteer group. I mean, any one of those descriptions would, would suit. And I think it's important people hear those descriptions because the first impression a lot of people give us is that, you know, we're, we're a bunch of, uh, uh, man, you know, grown-up children that, that just can't bear with reality, and so we're constantly escaping reality, to which I always offer them the counter-challenge. Well, if that's the case, imagine how many hobbies and, and recreational pastimes there are for escaping reality. It's a very big business in this country. So at least in our group, we find a way to give back to the community and, and, and build friendships and bonds across you know, countries, not many hobbies are uh, around that allow you to do that. So it's it's a really good thing. That's it. Like, a couple of years ago, you were just with your friends, and you started this 501st Legion. Why 501st? One of the first questions we have, we have to ask, I guess. Why 501st? Where did the name 501st come from? Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's a question a lot of people ask. We put out a FAQ about that. Uh, but, you know, as is always the case, hardly anybody ever really reads the FAQ. It's funny, when, when we when we first started out, you know, back in 97, the re-releases were coming out, and uh, me and my friend Tom would go to the theaters and take these pictures of us and put them on the web, and, and pretty soon guys from around the world, in fact, the first guy ever to write me was Scott MacArthur from Winnipeg, uh, Canada. And they said, you know, here's a great picture. Would you mind putting it on your website? And after a while, we got so many of these guys posting, asking to have their pictures posted that I thought, well, would it be neat to make it into a, uh, an imaginary military unit and give it like a backstory that, you know, that would dovetail nicely into the Star Wars saga? And the more I got to thinking about it, the more I got to thinking, well, any, any fictional unit needs to have a name. It needs to have a rich storyline. It needs to have, you know, a little, quirks and, you know, peculiarities that give it life, so it had to have, like, a unit number, and, it was, and really it boiled down to just the, the, the psychology of what a good-sounding number would be, like, I wanted it to have a nickname, and so a lot of units are called Fighting This, Fighting, like, the Fighting Seabees, so I thought Fighting, you know, something that starts with S, so it has good alliteration. 500 was a nice round number, adding a 1 to it gave it some uniqueness. And uh, really, that's that's really what went into the uh, you know the construction of the name. Just having the, the ability to roll off the tongue, fighting five hundred first was uh, to me made for a really good uh, starting point for a group that you know I really didn't expect to grow that big so soon. But um, but it at least had a catchy title, and it looks like it's been very successful. Okay, so you never thought it would actually go worldwide and become that big of a of an actual organization i i had always hoped that the star wars community as a worldwide family would finally come together in a lot of the ways that you know the trekkies seem to have done uh in you know the late 80s but i never expected my particular brand of the family to go as far as it did now i won't say i didn't work towards that goal i certainly put in a lot of hours to to take it as far as we could because my thinking was at the beginning wouldn't it be great to be able to go to a con anywhere in the world and bump into another Star Wars fan and say well I'm from the chapter of you know 
this club and be welcomed instantly because you know you have this great touchstone uh, uh, for friendship, and that is Star Wars. I mean, you think uh, you think back to the way the Masons originally worked. You could go anywhere in the world, and if you met a Masonic brother, you'd have your little secret handshake and have a friend uh, to watch out for you. And that's kind of what I wanted, and I'm just so thrilled to see that actually happening. You can go anywhere. Uh, we've had people go as far as Japan and mention the, the name 501st, and everybody nods in agreement, and it's a really neat thing to feel like you've got a brotherhood, a sisterhood out there looking out for you. Uh, just to go out to dinner or, you know, just hang out at a con, it's, it's, it's incredible. Okay. Um, was there an actual determined point in the growth of the 501st Legion that really made it went from, you know, simple fan organization to what it is now, which is, I believe it's, it's approved by Lucasfilm. Uh, I, think, I think you have a set of rules, however, to, uh, to, to respect, but we'll come to that later on. But when did, when did it actually became this huge worldwide uh, fan organization? When it became a worldwide going concern. Well, that's funny. I mean, little, thing, little steps along the way felt like uh, very important points in which we had to invest the right kind of resources to make sure that that everyone was growing at, at the right rate. I know early on uh, we had, like, uh, the Canadian garrison, we had the European garrison, we had, you know, some people out in Japan. And to me it was very important always throughout the entire history of this to keep in touch with the people overseas. So, I mean... As far as it being a worldwide concern, uh, I, that was something I was always, uh, you know, my, I and my command staff were always trying to invest in. But we never felt like we had a solid bridge to those people, or we never really showed up on these, the Lucasfilm radar uh, really, really solid until about the time of Celebration 2. Celebration 2 uh, really put us on the map. It really gave us an opportunity to showcase what we as a professional club could do for Lucasfilm or for their subsidiaries, for their partners. It's when we finally started talking in earnest with uh, Skywalker Ranch and, and asking the hard questions like, well, what can we do for you and what will you allow us to do and allow us to show you that we're being serious here and not just trying to, you know, the ride the wave of enthusiasm we had. And it was at that, that time that our membership went from anywhere from seven to 800 members to well over 2,000 members in the course of just six months because you had Celebration 2, you had you know, Episode 2 coming out, and our membership database just got swamped. So I'd say it was you know a couple of years ago when Bible First really hit the big time. All right. Uh, there was this book that came out very recently called Survivor's Quest, by Timothy right. Gunn. I say recently, but it's like three months ago, I believe. And they were uh, right. And uh, first person I ever got. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, and following that was the ebook Fools and Fool's uh, Bargain. Fools Bargain and the Five First Stormtrooper Legion, the Vader's Fist, was mentioned. How did huh? you and the club as a whole react to that? Well, it's it's funny that we we originally met Timothy Zahn two years ago at Stellar Con in High Point, North Carolina. It's a small con dedicated just to literary figures. Uh, 
so Timothy Zahn was there. And it was the first time we, we were going to experiment as a club to try and present honorary membership awards to anyone. And we really wanted to show the authors what what they meant to us. So we really wined and dined uh, Timothy Zahn, Aaron Alston, and Michael Stackpole. And we were pretty unashamed in, in how, or we were pretty shameless in how we, you know, ported the idea of, hey, you should put us in your books. And it was really funny, you know, it was a good joke we all had. But it was only a year and a half later that Timothy Zahn came to me at Dragon Con and said, you know, keep this under your helmet, but we're going to do this. We're going to put you in a book. And the nice thing is that I went to Lucasfilm and said, would it be okay? And, you know, Lucasfilm said, oh, if I were first pick, yeah, we know who they are, sure. You know, go for it. Uh, so it was nice to know we had the, the uh, trust and goodwill of Lucasfilm. Uh, they've, they've green, green-lighted a lot of things we've done because of the relationship we've built with them. But when, when, uh, when I found out it was so hard for me not to tell the rest of the, the club, they wanted it kept, you know, under wraps. But, uh, the moment the, the announcement came out and then eventually the book came out, oh, the club was just thrilled. I mean, everybody showed up for Timothy Zahn's book tour and all his different spots across the U.S really rolled out the red carpet for him, and they really wanted to show him how enormously grateful they were for the tip of the hat he was giving to all these hardworking volunteers who a lot of times just don't go noticed. I mean, we're under these helmets, behind these masks. Most photo ops we have, you'll never know who we are. We won't even know who we are when we look at our own pictures because you'll never see our faces. So a great outpouring of support and gratitude from the people for that. We love Timothy Zahn now. <laughs> Always have. And, uh, which, I, I guess you, you can be thankful, but I guess Lucasfilm has to be equally thankful and even, like, more thankful for all the, the hard work you did at Star Wars Celebration 1 and, and, well, Star Wars Celebration 2, most, like, officially. But, could you explain to us what exactly is the role of the 501st into conventions? And, you know, how many conventions have the 501st been to in the past? And what exactly were your role in in Celebration 1 and Celebration 2? Well, Celebration 1, uh, unfortunately, I couldn't make it. I was in the middle of finals. That was something I really wanted to go to. We must have had a dozen stormtroopers make it out there. Uh, we had uh, two gentlemen from uh, the Swiss garrison, Pascal Biondi being one of them, uh, and they made it all the way out there to... The, the event and actually got their pictures taken uh, for a picture in uh, Entertainment Weekly which was a very famous picture in the club at the time you could go back and see they're posing in front of a child holding a teddy bear and it's uh, I think it was Mark Biondi too was in there and it was just a really really nice picture and it was nice to have our banner I, I remember FedExing the banner out there uh, the 24 inch by 24 inch banner of the club so really, we were just there to make our presence known, to put put it down in the history books we've been there. Now, we've been to every, pretty much every uh, con that there's been in the last five years. We've put out a uh, tours of duty list that you can see on the main uh, website, 501st.com, where the tours of duty list is just enormous. I have every garrison right into me and say, uh, you know, we've been to all these cons, so er, all the big ones from Comic Con to, you know, up north, uh, you 
Wizard World cons and, and those sort of things, Gen Cons, Dragon Con, Mega Con, all of those, we've uh, we've really staged uh, a real presence at those places. And now it's it's gotten to be where we're come we've we've come to be expected at these places. We have a a, a fan table pretty much, you know, guaranteed at any of these places. And why not? Because you know, a lot of our guys just show up and we're walking scenery. We're great for the even the casual con goer or the people in town. People just love to see stormtroopers because the more of them you have, um, the better. But the role that really defined us was at Celebration 2. And at Celebration 2, they really started scratching their heads about how to include uh, this. We were an unknown resource, really, to Lucasfilm. I mean, we sure we're a lot of volunteer potential volunteers but you know we're also potentially liable that we could do something crazy or nutty and uh so that it was really really tricky how to work us into a, a very real position there without opening up celebration to to a lot of liability the wizard world you know the official uh handlers of the convention were careful to appoint us as traffic control at a lot of points throughout the con but without the without the sanctioning of being official security, you just didn't want something sticky happening and us getting involved. Uh, luckily, they really trusted us. And in fact, after about two hours into the first day, they really relied on us, I'm proud to say, to really get people like in the Sagamore Ballroom of the Indianapolis Convention Center trying to get these fans under control. They, they far more fans than they really ever expected. It was an enormous turnout. Um, and what they found out was they were completely understaffed, uh, the volunteers for Wizard World or whatever, and uh, they also found that one stormtrooper was worth 10 t-shirted volunteers because the, the fans that showed up, once they saw a stormtrooper, the guy stood out in the crowd, they knew who it was, and they instantly saw them as figures of authority. So it was really neat to be able to walk into a, an area that was in just mass pandemonium, have two stormtroopers walk through, and people suddenly snapped to attention. I mean, these people were really uh, played along with it, and thankfully we had some really hardworking volunteers. A lot of people who lost uh, their opportunity to do some things at Celebration too. they wanted to, but in return they, they, uh, they did some great work and got to see some things that normal fans didn't get to do. You, you can be sure that because I, I, I have a friend, a friend for, who was in Montreal at the time, and we tripped to uh, Celebration 2 together. And uh, she was one of the uh, Imperial officers on staff there. And uh, she told me about stuff in, that was going on. Welcome back to Star Wars on Direct. We just had some technical difficulties. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we're still working on this uh, mobile equipment, but trust me, when it's going to be working a, a while, you're going to love seeing us at conventions all around the place. With our friends, the 501st, whom we have the founder with us right now. Hi again, Halbin. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Yeah, no problem. Sorry for making you waiting. Um, we were actually talking about Star Wars Celebration 2. And uh, you were right in the middle of telling us uh, how much understaffed the people at Wizard World were uh, in terms of volunteers and how much you helped out. And uh, I was actually going to tell you uh, that there was a lot going on in the background. And I really wished I could have seen it because I am a prof 
at what I call a, what I like to call a professional fan fan convention goer, and uh-huh. um, I really love to see what's happening in the background of a convention. I could uh-huh. I could see some of what was happening, but there wasn't. I couldn't see as much as I would have wanted to see. Right. So do you really want to see all the nitty gritty, though, Sebastian? Oh yes, do I do. Wanna, <laughs> do you want to mess Sometimes up the I magic? wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know me. You know I do. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, one of the things that I've learned from working in the background, and this is another one of the one of the missions our club has been on, is to really make the celebrities and the personalities behind Star Wars, whether they're the actors from the original trilogy, the new trilogy. Uh, whether they're production staff or writers or what what have you, um, try to make them feel you know respected and and try and show them our gratitude for the enormous work that they've done. So celebration two, one of the greatest things about working in the background was being able to take a lot of the celebrities out to dinner, show them a good time, try and make sure they were taken care of. Uh, a lot of people don't understand just how hard it was for a lot of the celebrities at celebration two to. Uh, to meet the fans because I mean the logistics of it were so hard to send all those people through the celebrity walk of fame and uh, so it was a real treat to be able to meet these people and 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 you know just uh, you know, relate to them relate to their problems I mean every time I meet them at these uh, these cons now uh, it's like you know you see them later at, at a bar or something and you get some feedback from them and find out well how can we make this experience better for you And that always pays off for the fans, too, because that means they're going to be more cheerful next time. They're going to have more time to spend with the, the fans. They're going to feel like the fans are there as friends, not people just there to extort their fame or get something out of them. So a lot of the background work that we do, even though it's a lot of hard work, it's very rewarding because we know we're making an impact on fans' lives, uh, and we know that we're helping out the celebrities who we're so grateful to. Yeah, it it really does make a difference. All the job that the Five First and any other fan group actually makes during convention, helping out the celebrities. Um, tell me, Alvin. Uh, we know that Lucasfilm is right now in the midst of preparing themselves for Star Wars Celebration Three. Can we expect the same uh, security officers to uh, actually make an appearance at uh, Star Wars Celebration Three? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've already got. Uh, Tim Knapp, who is uh, actually the club's current uh, commander, commanding officer, top man, out in California, working uh, with them like uh, like he did, you know, years ago, uh, working with them to uh, make sure that we're going to have things in place for uh, Celebration Three. So that should work out really. Well. Album. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we thought we lost you there for a second. Okay, um, now we're going to go and talk a little bit more about the club itself. Um, how exactly do you join the 501st? What are the qualifications that you need to uh, fill up? Well, that was something that we had to address early on in the club because we don't want to come off as, as being costuming snobs. We've been accused of that before, that we're elitist, you know. But uh, first and foremost, we are a costuming group, and so... Uh, to to justify the, the the job we're able to offer, uh, that is presenting professional a professional presentation uh, at a club or a convention or wherever, um, we have to be in costume. So our singular requirement for the longest time has been to have a professional grade costume that is of an imperial or an imperial related 
what I like to call just bad guy costumes from Star Wars. You know, it started out just being stormtroopers, but there are many flavors of stormtroopers. And then we had to include Darth Vader, and then, of course, Darth Maul, because there's more than one Sith Lord. And then we're thinking, well, if we're giving an overall bad appearance, bad guy appearance, we need, you know, the officers, we need the scanning crew technicians, we need the Death Star gunners. So it's, it, 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 you know, it was all Imperials. And then people, of course, wanted to do Boba Fett. He's very, very popular. He's evil. So we, we have to do all the bounty hunters. And then you have to go through the list and decide which of the bounty hunters are, are canon enough to meet the list. So if you go to the website and read the 501st Charter, it'll tell you the exact uh, ones that we we will and accept. And we have a membership uh, officer for the entire club as well as ones for each garrison that you can send your pictures to and they will uh, check them over and approve uh, your uh, your membership. Okay. You, um, of course, what you do when you join the 501st is you get your costume, your professional grade costume. Uh, you get some pictures. You get them to your officers. Is it actually easier to send them to your local officer or should they actually send them to the main website uh, officer? Well, I mean, it's, it's easier to get everything ironed out with your local uh, uh, membership liaison, uh, but I can understand if people are coming into this for the first time, you're not going to know who that is. The best thing you can do is go to the website and uh, go to the Garrison Links page, and it'll show you a complete list of all the garrisons in what part of the country or world that includes. And so you'll scroll down the list and look for your area, maybe the state you live in, in the United States or the country you live in, and if there is a garrison or an outpost already there, then typically they'll have a link for a, a garrison membership liaison, GML, um, who will put you in touch with who you need uh, to talk to. And that person will accept your pictures, your application information, and really help you uh, get on track. So it's always easiest to, to get with your local person first. Okay. And once all that is done, you have to choose, depending on your costume, of course, your TKID. So let's say here we're talking about a stormtrooper to make it easier. Uh, they have to choose their TKID. But no 501st can have the same, no two 501st can have the same TKID, right? That's correct. Something we wanted to do early on was give people a, a feel for being in the authentic universe, uh, some way of, of, of ownership in the club. And we figured a four-digit numeric code would cover, you know, the, the stormtrooper ID number you hear of in, the, in A New Hope. Uh, you know, the four-digit code allows for 10,000 possible combinations. You know, we're nowhere near reaching the limit on that, thankfully. But, yeah, you come in, and uh, the best thing to do is to type in your four-digit preferred code uh, on the, uh, at the main website, 501st.com, under the Members section. And if you want to search the database, just punch in the number, hit search by number, and see if it's taken. Um, once you've found a couple of numbers that aren't taken, you send that to your membership officer. Those are given, uh, assigned to you officially. And from that point on, you can never lose that number. Even if you leave the club, the uh, number will be retired in your name permanently. Very interesting and a very good idea. Yeah. Now, we're, we're talking about, like, professional-grade costumes here, and this really sounds scary to most fans. Because that means they just can't put a bucket over their head and drill a hole in them and just, like, say, Hey, I'm a stormtrooper. Yippee! 
can I get in the 50 first? Because you guys are most definitely going to say no. <laughs> but how much does it actually cost to get a costume on average? Well, that's hard to say. It's not like we have anything set up where people can, uh, you know, actually buy these sets of armor. Uh, early From early on, we've had a very good relationship with Lucasfilm. They, they understand that there's no way that we as a club can control what hobbyists are out there with their own little vacuum forming machines or whatever, making their own pieces. Uh, personally, I don't, I'm not involved with or know of any operation that makes armor. So it's kind of hard to, you know, to have a definitive answer. But if you look at the market and you see, you know, what uh, people are asking for or charging for a full set of armor, you can hear answers from anywhere from, uh, you know, $400 all the way up to $800. And I've seen them as high as $2,000 depending on the quality, what kind of mold you're talking about, what parts are involved. Um, Stormtrooper armor, you can expect to buy, you know, a kit, uh, and then, you know, have to go out and buy the underbody suit, and your own shoes, your own blaster, and then a lot of it you have to put together yourself. But you can expect it to be anywhere from the five to $700 range. Okay. The whole set. But for that price, you got a really good-looking costume. I can... Uh I can tell you that. <laughs> We've looked oh, at that. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, the stuff just looks spot on perfect if you do if you put it together right. Yeah. And it's hard, but it's not impossible. Yeah. You just have to like joining the 501st is not a time I mean, I don't want to say it's a time consuming uh hobby, but it is something that you have to invest some time into. Right. And while it's not going to take away all of your time, it is going to take away like 10 hours a week at least if you want to have your costume looking great and all your props and everything if you do it yourself. So. Well, the nice thing about the file first is that you can invest as much time and energy and, and money into it as you feel like. But there are people who don't have the time, don't have the money or the energy, and uh, you know they they might just go and get uh, some some BDUs or a tunic or something, make a scanning crew technician or something, um, or they might put together a good uh, Darth Maul costume. Which, uh, you know, and that can be expensive But uh, once you get in contact with some of the members of the club They're really good about getting with you and helping you If you want to build your set of armor They'll show you how to do it They'll help you with the sanding and the, and the gluing and that sort of thing And then uh, it's really up to you how much time you want to spend with the club At the different events We'll certainly keep you busy if, if you've got the free time And you want to get involved But, uh, we, you know, we certainly don't frown on people for having a real life Because... This isn't our real life. This is something fun. It's a diversion. Uh, yes, of course. Um, 501st, they go to conventions. They also do other things. Mm -hmm. Can you name a few of those? Well, yeah. We uh, One of our biggest things is trying to get involved with charity and uh, with the community. And, uh, y you know, you can imagine with a costume like the Stormtrooper and with the universal appeal of Star Wars... I mean, the, the opportunities are almost endless. Uh, one of the biggest hits we had is uh, children's hospitals, going into children's units. We've, we've, come, we've gotten it down to a science of how to, to deal with different children's hospital managers and the protocols of what materials are acceptable on a unit. You know, some materials are hypoallergenic, some are acceptable. Uh, we, we, so we do a lot of that. We try and go in and cheer kids up uh, in the hospitals. It's very, very rewarding. We also do... Uh, whatever work related to charity that would benefit from having something fun like Star Wars around. It could be blood drives, it could be toy drives, we're big in toys for tops, uh, the Candle Lighters Association, 
We do a lot of work with uh, a lot of children's homes and those sorts of things. Can, uh, children with cancer events where they might be having a picnic and they have us come out. We work with NASA. Uh, we've worked with uh, a, a lot, like Ronald McDonald House. Uh, it, just any number of things, and, and a lot of it's just regional stuff. You know that I, if you go out to our tours of duty list, there's a whole section on nothing but the charities we've done, and it's amazing the variety that you see there because it's not just uh, a cookie cutter type charity that we're doing. There's any number of ways. I, you know, we we we're uh, usable. I've been personally to several uh, daycare center graduation ceremonies or uh, school functions where. The kids are just being encouraged to read and having, you know, a little fun and excitement like Star Wars characters show up with Stormtroopers standing on either side of a pretty girl dressed in a Princess Leia costume reading a book. Man, that really sells the, the, the program for these kids. Of course, a hot so chick will do that. We're involved in. There you go. Uh, do you have any interesting stories, good or bad experiences that happened uh, while wearing the armor or just like while putting on the armor <laughs> uh, some good or bad experiences are interesting man there's more stories than you've got time to hear <laughs> um, I've had bad experiences uh, in terms of the costume because uh, where I'm from in the south you know some people want to accuse us of being neo-nazis or fascists or, or even KKK members because it's a white suit covering your face uh, a lot of people don't understand why we're doing it. They think it's a show of power and that it's scary. So we're really, you know, careful to try and tone that image down. You know, around fans, we play it up like, oh, the Empire. But uh, probably one of the funniest experiences was the first time I ever put the armor on. Uh, and Peter Mayhew, who's Chewbacca, uh, came through Columbia, South Carolina. And the poor guy was just really tired. And he got swindled into doing this appearance at a comic shop. And here we are in this armor. We don't know how to move in it. We don't know how to work in it. We're entertaining the crowd until he gets to this comic shop. And when, when he finally gets there, we're trying to, uh, you know, discreetly get behind him and stand guard over Peter Mayhew. And here we are clanking like a, a whole tub full of, uh, you know, big gulp cups, you know, big uh, plastic dummies walking around. And Peter Mayhew, in the middle of his little speech to the fans, stops, turns around, and he says, I think I'm going to have to clobber me some stormtroopers here in a second. And, you know, the crowd just really enjoyed it, and he stood up, and he's a mountain of a man. and He's just, like, grabbing our entire helmet in his hand, you know. Just really, really funny. And now every time I see him, I kid him about that. <laughs> he really likes the 501st. I think it's, it's one, he is one of the bigger biggest fans of the 501st. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in fact, uh, we're hoping he and a couple of the other celebrities will be uh, uh, able to participate at this coming Dragon Con, which is Labor Day weekend in Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to be having a huge competition, the first ever in Dragon, or the 501st history, called the Great Droid Hunt. And uh, we're going to be asking con goers at Dragon Con to uh, accept these droid badges and uh, be caretakers of these droids that uh, our Imperial Stormtroopers are going to be combing the convention floor, looking for, hunting for the droids, just like in the first scene, few scenes of uh, A New Hope. And what we hope to do is have a competition to see which garrison and which trooper collect the most of these droids 
and uh, Peter Mayhew and the rest of them are probably going to be good natured enough to really get involved with us and help us out with that. So, yeah, it's always fun working with him. Great idea. Well, folks, this is another first. You've another you've heard it first on Star Wars on Direct. Uh, you were speaking of DragonCon a few seconds ago. I'm going to jump right into that and mention the fact that DragonCon is probably the biggest convention recognized to be the Stormtrooper gathering of the year. Uh, would you actually bag that up? Yeah, oh, absolutely. That is our family reunion for the 501st. Unfortunately, with Celebration 2 right around the corner, uh, this year a lot of people are opting to save money for that, and they may not be there. But uh, typically that is just a huge turnout in Atlanta for all the people from as far away as Australia and England and Germany. They'll come out, and uh, it's a beautiful time to get together. The people you only hear about are here over the Internet. But we get together, and we've, we've had well over 200 people at one time, 200 trippers at one time posing for pictures and getting together. It's, it's, it's awesome to see the parade Saturday morning when we march in the parade, and then the huge parade of troopers when we march out to our group photo, typically on Sunday. Uh, everything stops. Downtown traffic stops. You know, the cops are going crazy trying to control the excitement. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's absolutely, if you're a Star Wars fan, worth going to see. Most definitely. Um, you were just talking, telling us about uh, troopers you've seen only on the Internet. I'm going to ask you a few questions about such troopers now. Are you ready? Sure. Helvis Trooper, do you know him? What's that? Do you, do you know the Helvis Trooper? Elvis Trooper, Ken Tarleton. Yes, sir, I do. <laughs> the Aloha trope, Trooper. The Aloha Trooper. That is uh, Francis, I believe, out in the uh, Pacific Outpost. That's right. Okay. And I'm, I'm not going to say it this way. Like, my, my co-host kid is looking at my sheet. I'm not going to say it this way. But there's this very peculiar Trooper that was there last year at Dragon Con. And we've actually heard about it from... Someone really close to a celebrity, and it's this stormtrooper with a see-through a rear. see-through back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know this trooper. <laughs> Very good friend of mine. Yes, I know this trooper. Now, now could you explain to us why such costumes? <laughs> well, you know the neat thing about the Five Hundred First Beast is that. Uh, it's a very, it's a living, breathing, and changing beast. And and it, from the outset, it could have easily been a bunch of just straight lasers getting in very, very uh, perfect armor and, and, you know, showing up and doing their job. But, you know, it, when you deal with any large number of people, first of all, you've got to be a good diplomat. Second of all, you've got to keep it fun. And third of all, you've got to be really tolerant. And what we're finding is that, Stormtroopers, you know, are a great concept, but people get want to explore new things, and cons are a party atmosphere, and you're going to see, you know, all kinds of permutations on the idea. What my policy has always been is to be very accepting and encouraging of all kinds of new and interesting and wacky ideas, because, I mean, we're here to have fun. You know, we're not really stormtroopers. We're not in the military. We're not, you know... And, and we've talked with Lucasfilm, and their reaction has been a resoundingly positive one to uh, the beach troopers and, you know, all the different wacky troopers that we've had out there. As long as it's tasteful in, in terms of what the general public, such as kids, could see, uh, then we're okay with it. 
Now, a lot of these ideas, like the see-through trooper, uh, those typically happen in a con scene. And in a convention scene, it's usually after hours, away from kids. And so, for the most part, if there's anything of a slightly risque nature, you know, we're still very much cool with it as long as, you know, kids aren't present. So the see-through trooper, uh, you know, was just this great idea. Did, did you want me to avoid using his name? or No, it's, it, if, if you'd rather, I mean... I don't care uh, if I don't care if you name him, but it's for him, really. So. <laughs> oh well, no, he he's very proud of it. Uh, his name is Spat, and uh, he's a really really good guy. In fact, I met him for the first time at Celebration Two, and he was the one instrumental in, uh, uh, you know, introducing me to so many of the celebrities and getting honorary membership awards out to him. So from that point on, I've had an enormous respect for him and his, uh, you know, his his filmmaking and his his uh, props workmanship. And he's always had a real, uh, you know, fitting relationship with the club, as uh, a number of other props makers have. And uh, it is his uh, job in life, as he has said it, to ruin uh, many a uh, men's fantasy. <laughs> uh, some of these costumes. Uh, so that's why he wears a lot of the wacky costumes, including, you know, the slave lab and some of the, the girl costumes, which to me is just hilarious. Uh, you know, he told me before Dragon Con last year he was finally going to show up in trooper armor. And uh, I didn't believe him, and I guess I should have expected a a twist on that. <laughs> <laughs> Something special to come with it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we love it when people come up with something creative, you know, because it's a party, man. We should be having fun. So uh, I, I'm always game for that. You know, so far we haven't done anything way too tacky or inappropriate in, in front of kids to get us trouble so bring it on we love it there you go um there are two there's there's a variation of the stormtrooper that came out in the past few years which is the female trooper Uh um how did that happen (laughs) well that's funny you should say i mean we've had a long history of and this is another one of those tests of just how versatile a club can be uh one of the earliest tests of, of the club was how women would get involved in the club. And you you have some people get nervous about women or don't know how to handle, you know, women being in the club. Because let's face it, we are geeks and, you know, we don't have the best track record around women. So one of the earliest experiments was uh, with Dollar's Death Squad, which is a group of just female troopers. And, uh, you know, we had to decommission that group because uh, we had to keep all our little subunits costume-based, not gender-based or anything else. But they were still a very active, unofficial part of the group. Well, as time went on, you know, uh, again, these, these creative uh, you know, alterations of the costume came up. And uh, there was a gentleman who created the, uh, the enhanced breastplate, we'll call it. And, uh, you know, had uh, a model wearing the go-go boots, you know, the high heeled boots. And uh, it was such a big hit that people more and more started ordering them. They, they would show up at conventions. Uh, recently at Megacon, they showed up with like a uh, little, pat, like uh, pat, midriff showing armor plates, chest plates. Um, so I think the, the success of the Fem Troopers can be, uh, you know, credited to the fact that, well, guys like girls, and why wouldn't you want girls showing up with really sexy little costumes? So there'll never be really a canon or official costume that's allowed for membership. But as far as the Final First is concerned, we, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a party. We're trying to have fun. And uh, as long as people keep it within good taste, we're really happy to have them, all, have them around. That's it. And speaking of good taste, it's like you're really, really serving these to me on 
like on a silver plate. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of good taste, I can't think of a better stormtrooper variation outfit than the American trooper. The I, one that was at Celebration Two. Yeah, the one that was at Celebration Two. Yeah, that that was funny. That was a gentleman out in California using that as a promotional tool for his company. Oh. That was a great idea. It was incredible. But you know, we got a lot of mixed response from that. Um, that was at a time when you know it was very good to be patriotic, and and I love the idea. I like all the alterations on it. I guess a lot of people got worried that uh, it took away from any of the canon pictures and those sorts of things. But I mean, we've had you know we've had a, the Giants Trooper beat uh, up in the Empire City Garrison dressed out as the uh, Giants Trooper, you know, in all blue. He made it the paper uh, with that costume. We've had. Uh, all kinds of different variations on it. But yeah, the American Flag Trooper is one of the ones most talked about. Unfortunately, he's not active, and we've never seen him again, but well, it takes all kinds, right? It, I guess it does. Um, <laughs> you you were talking about the, uh, the official picture earlier, just a few seconds ago. Um, we heard from, uh, from many sources that Lucasfilm had just put some restrictions onto your pictures that they were to be, in, to be including only Stormtroopers and one Darth Vader. Are these... Well, yeah, we've never gotten any you know, official mandate about that, but it has always been encouraged that we have one official Vader, one official Boba Fett, all these, fa- you know, I call them face characters. Because, you know, there's only, there can only be one of the unique characters. That's um, something we always strive for in a presentation. Lucasfilm's one mandate about that has been that if we're at an event and we are, you know, marching around for them, that, yes, there will be only one face character and uh, all costumes will be canon. But as far as uh, the club taking a club picture, uh, you know, there's really no restrictions on that. That's it. Everyone's going to be in. What's that? Everybody's going to be in the picture. That's always been my policy. I mean, the, the guiding principle I, you know, I've always stuck with and most guys have stuck with in the club has been, well, is this fun? And does it make everybody feel you know, good? You know, that's pretty much the, the, rule, the, the rule of the game. Is we want to make sure everybody's fun and that it, this, is a, this is an enriching experience. So... You know, kicking people out of the picture just because they're, you know, they're wearing a costume that someone else happened to wear. To me, that just works counter to what this club's all about. So we bring everybody in, man. We we want everyone to show off the hard work and the and, and the pride that they have in their costume. Okay. Um, what are you planning for the future of the uh, 501st Legion? You're in a, you're already a worldwide association. Do you think? Uh, what do you think is the next step for the for the club? Uh, I think we're going to slowly work ourselves into the U.S. government. <laughs> build a vast power base, and uh, hopefully I can launch my pyramid scheme by 2005 and be raking in the big bucks. Now, <laughs> now uh, what I hope to do is, is uh, really permanently affix our, our names on the, the, the convention scene and the fan scene. I want to be a permanent and... Uh, you know, it may be official uh, fixture in Lucasfilm's eyes because as time goes on, Star Wars is going to continue to be a big deal. And uh, with all the fans that are coming of age now, it would be nice that 
maybe as some members decide to sort of go into inactive status, we can roll over and have fresh blood every so every so many years, and it just become a regular uh, uh, thing for people to go to these conventions, sign up, take the reins, and just keep the thing going. Uh, you know, Star Wars has survived for well over 20 years for a reason, and 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 that's because of the magic that it entertains, and we want. We like to keep that going. Uh, if, it, if, if the club doesn't serve that purpose, then you know it can be relegated to the ash heap of history. But as long as it's fun, as long as we can serve a purpose, and we found a, a unique way to bottle that enthusiasm and, and use it to help people, then uh, I want to find a way to make this a self-sustaining machine. And uh, you know, who knows? Maybe one day Lucasfilm will have a syndicated TV series or something. And maybe one day our members could actually make it uh, on screen for one of uh, one of the Lucasfilm productions. So that would be my dream. This is going to sound really weird and you know really like a bummer, but this whole interview is weird. What are you talking about? <laughs> Lucas's George Lucas dies tomorrow. Okay. Are we we're predicting this now? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not get no, no, I, hypothetical okay. situation. Uh, l- okay, let's say May twenty second, two thousand five. George Lucas has died because of the incredible growth of uh, Star Wars Episode three, and um, of course they have to organize the funerals. Would you see the five hundred first actively participating in George Lucas's five uh, funerals? I got really weird questions. <laughs> oh well, no. I mean, that's that's kind of off the wall. But I mean, hey, you know, it's uh, it's something to think about. Uh, well, he- yeah, absolutely. We, you know, the final first uh, has for a long time wanted to show George Lucas our gratitude. I've tried on numerous occasions to send him uh, thank you packages with uh, all our swag in it, uh, complete sets of uh, our garrison patches. Uh, we've tried to present him with an honorary membership plaque. And, you know, the man's just not reachable, and I can understand why. But uh, if there were to be a funeral, uh, I would imagine they probably would not include any fan, uh, you know, fan-inspired uh, uh, demonstrations of any kind. But if they were, then uh, I know the 501st, and I know how many people would go out of the... And we are back on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom, again with Alvin Johnson, uh, who was just telling us that if George Lucas was to die and there was to be a public funeral uh, that could involve fan engagements in, in some kind, the, most of the 501st would probably participate and, you know, in some way, give a good homage to George Lucas. Uh, just a few questions left, Alvin. I know you're uh, angry. <laughs> Um, we're going to go with the questions from the chat right now. Okay. Uh, um, Good has, do you need to make adjustments in your costumes for freedom of movement? What would I do? Well, do you need to do so? Oh, what do I make? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm only five foot eight, so I mean, I have to shave a lot of the length off of the biceps and the bicep pieces, the thigh pieces, the just about any of the arm and leg pieces so that it fits. I would not be afraid to cut uh, length off of your armor because even if you cut just a little too much, it's not going to really show up. I'd replace uh, all of the Velcroed parts with either, uh, I'd either glue the pieces together or use rivets with straps. 
I'm currently in the process of doing that uh, again to my armor. And, uh, you know, just not be afraid to uh, make modifications to make it more comfortable. I've also made my armor a lot more solid, so I can do a standing fall onto a hard surface if I have to, and it doesn't break the armor. It must hurt, though. Well, just a little. <laughs> it's like, it, just to quote, like, this line from Spider-Man 2, you know, it tends to get a hitch and a crotch, but there you go. <laughs> BH8311 asks, uh, Albin, what should I expect this year, being my first ever Dragon Con as a 501st member? This is his first ever Dragon Con as a 501st member, and what should he expect? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, if he's never been to a Dragon Con, then just expect to be blown away by the, you know, the sheer weirdness of the, of the place. It's like Mardi Gras on acid for geeky fans. Um... But as, as a 501st member, just be ready to finally get to meet so many people from different parts of the country and uh, get involved. Jump in there and see what you can do at the fan table. See what you can do with uh, the different events that we're going to be doing. Try and see if you can get to meet some of the uh, celebrities and, and get to know them in person. Okay. Very good advice, I must, ha- I must and say. And buy me a drink. <laughs> <laughs> buy him a drink, that's true, because you always want to have the founder of the 501st on your, your boss. On your side. <laughs> and, uh, okay, last uh, couple of questions. Do you have any comments on the prequel movies so far? Well, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get involved in the, the back and forth about the prequel movies. Uh, I, I'm, I tend to be a much stronger fan of the original trilogy. It's what I was raised on. It's what I felt like had stronger elements of, of what the story arc was about. And, of course, they had Stormtroopers, and, you know, that's something I'm a big fan of. So the the prequels are serviceable. They're very good movies, and they explore a lot of the, the Jedi and other story elements that were that are big in the movie. But, uh, you know, for myself personally, I'm just a much, much bigger fan of the original trilogy. All right. Uh, what are your expectations for Re- Revenge of the Sith? Uh, well, I, I have the same expectation every... Star Wars fan has. I hope it's a really strong storyline. I expect it to be. I, I know it's going to be a lot darker. So being a lot darker, I think it's going to be a better movie because the darker movies challenge, you know, the storyline a lot more than the happy movies do. And, uh, you know, of course I'm excited. I mean, you're going to see Stormtroopers for the first time and Darth Vader for the first time in the prequel. So it's going to be a really exciting time. For- What's that? Okay. Now that was a cat. That was the cat? Yeah, that was a cat. Coughing up a furball? Yeah. Now we're... And we are back on Star Wars on Direct with, again, Alvin Johnson from the 501st. Uh, We were asking him, what are your uh, general feelings about Revenge of the Fifth? Go ahead. Sith, yeah. Go ahead, uh, Alvin. Uh, did you get, catch any of the remarks before, just, just before the you be- start? Just the beginning, so we might as oh. well just do it all over. What What are your expectations for? Uh, no problem. Well, my expectations for Revenge of the Sith are, are that uh, they're finally going to make a darker film. So it's gonna It's gonna involve a lot more of the elements that I think are gonna make it, you know, make the story really good. Empire Strikes Back was one of the greater films of the tri- original trilogy, and it's because it was darker, it posed a lot more risk to the heroes and so I think this is going to be a lot more interesting film for that reason plus it's going to have Vader it's going to have troopers in it so 
you know, personally speaking, I have a much bigger stake in it. <laughs> uh, so I, I think it's going to be a good movie. All right. And now for the last little bit. Uh, we have this liner that we ask all of the guests who come on the show to actually do. Uh, this Basically, all you're going to have to say is, Hi, this is Halbin Johnson, the founder of the 501st Legion, and you are listening to Star Wars on Direct. Uh, Star Wars Direct? Star Wars on Direct. On Direct. On yes. Direct. There you go. Okay. So, I'm going to shut up now and let you do that liner. Okay. Go ahead. Hi. Are you ready? Yeah. Hi, this is Al Johnson, founder of the 501st Legion, Star Wars Costuming Fan Club. You're listening to Star Wars On Direct. That is perfect, but we're going to ask you... Is that good? It's perfect. We're going to ask you for one more just for safety. You want another take? Yeah. Was that too long? No, No, it was was fine. It was perfect. (laughs) Okay, cool. Are you ready? Yep. Hi, this is Al Johnson, founder of the 501st Legion Star Wars Costuming Fan Club, and you're listening to Star Wars On Direct. Perfect. Thank you very much for being on the show with us, uh, Albin. Uh, we You're know, welcome. We, we know we've been eating through a lot of your cell phone time, so <laughs> we're going to let no you go. No problem, man. It's not a problem at all. <laughs> we're going to let you go now. and uh, having us on here. Okay. No problem. We're going to be listening to a little song by Jane's Addiction. Nope. Called Oh I just No it's It's not James Addiction But go ahead The Blessed Hell right Yeah Okay I, I just m- Messed up the, the So you messed up My playlist again Yeah Bad producer Bad bad producer Hey yeah We're going to listen to The Blessed Hell ride By someone Black Label Society yeah. And we'll be right back On Star Wars On direct the voice Of Star Wars fandom
At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by your team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Hi, this is Steve Sansweet, and you are listening to Star Wars On Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. We are joined now by the commanding officer, TK0076, Jeff Romanov, from Garrison Carida, first to advance, last to retreat. I like that, Jeff. <laughs> how are you doing? Good, how are you? Pretty good. Um, so, you were telling us that you're the commanding officer of uh, which northeastern uh, city? It's uh, Garrison Carita. We cover Pennsylvania, Delaware, and West Virginia in the United States. Okay. Primarily, I'm outside of Philadelphia. So, can you answer this question? Where is the cream Philly? Where is where? The cream Philly. What are you talking where about? Where is the cream in Philly? Yeah. Uh, there is a factory down here, but <laughs> I don't know where it is. We've lost a lot of uh, lost a lot of some of the some of the stuff over the years. You know, we had Briar's ice cream. And, uh, you know, we're primarily known for soft pretzels and cheesesteaks. Yes. So. Sorry about that. And my co-hosts are looking at me weirdly. I guess, like... Yeah, I, uh, you should see my face now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's basically because of this stupid ad a couple of years ago on TV uh, with yeah, yeah, the well, Twinkies, you know. They you know. had, you know, the cream cheese and, you know, it's made in Philly, but, you know, yeah. they had New York, New York to it, so I don't understand that either, so... There you go. But now, going on to the 501st... Um, what kind of costume do you actually wear? Judging by your uh, ID, I'm thinking you're a stormtrooper, right? I'm a stormtrooper. Started out with a stormtrooper. Uh, I was looking. I always been a Star Wars fan, and uh, have been a fan since 1979, and always collected figures. And one day, I'm surfing on the internet, and I see that there's armor out there, and was able to purchase my first set of armor put it together and found out that there was a small group called the 501st Squad and it kind of blossomed into a legion and our first garrison was our sister garrison which is the Empire City out of New York and I joined them in 1999 was appointed to be a squad leader shortly after that for Pennsylvania we had about eight members and now Carita's grown, grown over uh, I think we have 79 members right now Wow. And we've we've covered Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, West Virginia, and D.C., but recently Maryland uh, was able to form their own garrison with over 
I think, 25 or 35 members and with the District of Columbia, which is Washington, D.C., and they formed their own garrison called the Old Line Garrison. They've been up for about a year now. Uh, I've been a member since 99. Very uh, impressive. It's a lot of fun. It's, you know, it's, it's a chance for us. I think every Star Wars fan remembers the first time in A New Hope when Princess Leia's ship was captured, brought into a Star Destroyer, and that door opened up, and the first guys through those doors were the guys in white. And it was just a fantasy, and it was able, you know, we were able to live that out. And uh, what we've done since then is primarily try to take the love that we have and share it with other children and adults throughout our, our region. And how much do you like wearing the armor? It gets a little hot. It's a little tough sometimes. It can hurt you. You know, you can't bend. Uh, and unfortunately, you can't go to the bathroom. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we enjoy it. Um, it, it. Like I said, it gets a little tough now and then. But it's a labor of love for us because uh, we, we take our love for Star Wars and we visit over nine children's hospitals a year in our area. We, we go from Children's Hospital Philadelphia uh, God, I mean, I could I could go on with the, with all the names of the hospitals we go to. Uh, as far as West Virginia University Children's Hospital, Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, we do Special Olympics. We've done lupus walks. We have members that do AIDS walks um, in their armor, and it's all to benefit uh, various local and national charities. All right. Um it was very nice talking to you. It's nice to see that a lot of the 501st people out there are actually taking a lot of um, a lot of interest in uh, in, in children's disease and uh, visiting hospitals and stuff like that. Why why do you actually visit uh, sick sick childrens in the hospital? Well, I think we've always it was it was difficult for us. We've been doing it for about five years now. And it was it was a little hard for us to first get started because people were like, well, what, the stormtroopers are bad guys. What are they going to come to Children's Hospital for? But we were able to get toy sponsors. Many of the sponsors, any of your collectors in the audience would know who I'm talking about on the Internet, sponsor a lot of our toys. They send us toys. What we do is a group of stormtroopers will show up at a hospital, we'll give free toys to all the kids, we'll visit them in their rooms, we'll show one of the Star Wars movies, and they'll get a free Polaroid picture of themselves with us, because any parent, especially in your audience, would know, the last place a child wants to be is in a hospital. So what better way to, to bring our love of Star Wars, because Star Wars crosses all boundaries, it crosses age, it crosses race, it crosses, it crosses everything. So it's one way to just be very, very inclusive. And the smiles on the face, we always say to our, our, our friends and our fans, you know, it's a good thing we're wearing helmets because they wouldn't see the tears we have underneath. So it's, it's a great way for us to just give back to the community. And I think if a lot of people just did something like this every day, you know, the world would be a better place. So we take a little bit of our love for Star Wars. We try to just show other people what it's all about. And... You know, we all have normal lives. We all do other things. I've been a police officer for 11 years, and I have my, my usual job, and I have my family. But this is just one outlet and something positive to do out there, you know, with something that I grew up in that, that touched me and that I love. You know, it's all about good and evil and the paths we choose in life. It's a great story. That's simply, that's, that's all it is. It's really nice. To read into it or get, it, I mean, for a stormtrooper to be saying, getting all psychotic about, but, you know, we just... We try to do what we want to, you know, try to do 
something that will bring joy and happiness, especially in the children's lives. I think we have to remember that. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you have any funny anecdotes you could uh, you can think of from the tip of your the top of your head? Any funny anecdotes? You know, you know. We're the, uh, I guess being a commander, I'm so used to having to do all the administrative stuff for the garrisons. I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but uh, you know, I wish. <laughs> maybe that's why I'm in administration. But, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm at a loss for words really at this point. It's okay. Thank you very much for being with us tonight. Oh, thank you, and you know, I just hope everybody enjoys the movies next year and realize that uh, even though uh, we're wearing white, we're not the bad guys all the time. There you go. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Have a nice evening. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. That was uh, Jeff Roman of TK0076, commander of the garrison Carida, first to advance, last to retreat. Which is in Pennsylvania. Which is in Pennsylvania, Delaware. West Virginia. West Virginia. There you go. Right down there. So, right now we're going to be calling a little bit closer to us, actually, here in Canada. Uh, when, I fi- when I find the number again. And, uh, mind you, we're doing this live, so it's always very exciting to call people live. I just realized that the phone was a little bit tingly when I was... <laughs> Dialing the numbers. Uh oh. Of course it's busy. They're on the phone. <laughs> and we're contacting them contacting them right now. Did you have another number? Uh? We do, we didn't receive another number by uh, by email, sadly enough. We could talk about a documentary that uh or not yet. Oh. Oh. Do a surprise. Yes we do. Okay. We are calling Jason now. I'm going to take these few seconds to remember every one of you. Any, anything you give us in terms of personal um, information will remain between you and us. Hello. Hello, may I speak with Jason, please? This is him. Hi, Jason. This is Sebastian from Star Wars Sound Direct. Hey, Sebastian. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty well. Um, we're hearing that uh, you're quite the uh, 501st, actually. Uh, maybe a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your uh, your ID is TK924. Yes. And uh, I'm guessing from it that you're a stormtrooper as well. Yes. Uh, what was your first contact with Star Wars and the 501st? Uh, my first contact with the 501st was probably about... Maybe three years ago, uh, I started looking on the Internet, um, just doing some uh, random Star Wars searches, uh, and just came across uh, a website um, that um, showed you how to va- vacuum form armor, and um, there was a link on the site that um, uh, showed uh, um, suits for sale. I thought to myself, wow, you know, you, you can actually buy these these things? This is awesome. And uh uh, after doing uh, further research, I uh, came across the uh, 501st website um, and found out about the local um, uh, garrisons and, and uh, just got in contact with, uh, with um, my local group here, and, and uh, it took off from there. All right. Um, so why choose the Stormtrooper? It, it, it's probably one of my um, most favorite 
characters, I guess. Um, you know, back in '77 when the um, uh, first movie came out, um, that was one of the most memorable moments. Um, you know, at the beginning of A New Hope, when uh, the stormtroopers blast blast through, um, th- that was just such a, a powerful moment uh, in the movies, and uh, it was just seeing those guys come out uh, in, in that armor. With you know, the Empire has such uh, you know cool equipment, and uh, uh, it was just a, a really um, uh, a really neat thing. And I just you know thought to myself, wow, you know. Ha- it would be so cool to be a stormtrooper, you know, and and uh, actually being able to to own a set of armor and and dress up is uh, it just kind of you know brings it back to that to that moment, you know, uh, back in '77. Nice, very nice. Um, you actually know of a f- of another five hundred first, I think, Jay Thompson. Yes, Jay Thompson. Yes. And what exactly is he doing right now? Well, Jay Thompson has, um, for the last um, two to three years, has sort of separated himself from uh, the 501st to sort of give an outside view of, as well as an inside view, of what the 501st is made of, what they, um, uh, who they are and what they do um, through his documentary um, called Heart of an Empire. Um, he, he's still in um, um, in production right now, still doing some shots, um, and uh, the trailer is uh, available for download um, now at his website, heartofanempire.com, and uh, it's, it's really, really good. It really shows uh, many different aspects of, of Stormtrooper life and, uh, you know, the many different faces underneath those buckets. Yeah. I've sent him an email, so... Uh, maybe you can talk about the show uh, from your uh, side, and maybe we can have him on the show to talk about his uh, his film. Sure. All right. Well, uh, do you have any anecdotes of uh, your Five First experience thus far? Um, do I have any anecdotes? Um, you know, um, basically the only thing that I can say is um, that it's just. Uh, it's just fun. To me, it's just fun. I, I really um, can't say anything more than, than that. I mean, the people that, that I have met thus far are, are really uh, great uh, individuals. I mean, they're, they're really friendly. Uh, they, they really um, extend a, a nice welcome, uh, make you feel, you know, a part of the group. And um, uh, it's it's just a, a really really fun thing to do. I mean, you you get to participate in in so many different kinds of events and get to meet so many different kinds of people, and um, it's just a lot of fun, you know, being a part of it. Makes sense. Uh, well, thank you very much for being with us on the show. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, hopefully, we'll be talking to you uh, as you'll probably be figuring into this uh, movie you told us a little bit about, Heart of an Empire. And uh, for all those of you out there who are uh, 501st fans, I highly re- uh, recommend you go see the trailer to Art of an Empire at www.artofanempire.com, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Yes. So thank, thank you very much, Jason. Thank you. And talk to you later. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So before we, we go back, uh, uh, do we have sound in the chat? <laughs> because we got uh, Jeff telling us ETA on getting sound, boys, so... Uh, Everything is working. We're 
we're broadcasting and all the options are okay and good Wuji said he didn't last us even a minute uh, because there's a buffer on shoutcast so uh, okay. do you hear us out there <laughs> can so you hear can you hear me now yes <laughs> can you hear me now I hate that commercial I truly do hate <laughs> that commercial <laughs> would you like it if it, if it was like I don't watch with TV because of that okay <laughs> okay uh, we're gonna call someone now again from uh, Niagara St. Catharines yes from St. Catharines. Hello? Hi, may we speak with Nick, please? Hey, Nick. Nick, this is your commanding officer. Please report for duty. Sorry? <laughs> this is your, your commanding officer. Please report for duty. Hey, how are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, this is TC5986 right now we're talking to. Right? Uh, yes, it is. Okay. Sorry, I'm just trying to adjust my volume a bit. Yeah, it's okay. We can hear you very well. Okay, great. Uh, so tell us, uh, TC5986, what exactly is a TC in the 501st world? TC uh, stands for uh, Clone Trooper. Uh, just like any other, uh, any rank in the 501st has a number, uh, is a T followed by your typical letter like K for Stormtrooper, S for Stormtrooper, and C, yeah, C is for clones. And I am a recently. Recently, uh, born clone trooper. Okay. Uh, we've heard a few stories on different boards that you were quite the pimp trooper out there. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, oh, we've heard stories. I think you've been talking to Brian. Yes. Yeah, um, well, it, anyone who gets a, if you get a suit of armor, it, I'll say it gets a lot of attention. I mean, I, I've worn it out a, uh, a couple times. People see my picture. I, I'm not, not in any way, you know... Stormtroopers don't have to toot their own horn, but chicks dig armor. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's like one main good reason to actually join the 501st. Yeah, chicks dig the, the, dig the armor. It, yeah. <laughs> and uh, what actually pushed you to join the 501st? Well, uh, for about oh over a year, my brother's been a member. And oh sorry, uh, for about a, over a year, my brother's been a member. He's a uh, BH eighty three eleven. He was listening and talking a lot of it earlier, I think. Yes. yes. Uh, he's he's Boba Fett, and he's been a member of the Canadian Garrison for over a year or two. And he's been. Uh, I I would usually come to some of their events. I, I'd already met them a few times, and you know they've been. I some of them, you know, I meet them a few times. They've been they've become good friends, and I thought, okay, I really want to be a member of this group. Like I uh, I really want to really get the whole experience. So uh, a little earlier. Before summer, I found a man on the internet who who uh, got me got me instead of uh, clone trooper armor as a kit. So uh, in the middle of uh, July, we started uh, building it. And it came uh, once we got it. it. Took about a, a half a week to make and started. Uh,
And we're back on Star Wars Sound Direct with my friend uh, Nick here from uh, St. Catherine's. So, Nick, what exactly were you telling us about when we got uh, yet how again... We, how he started and why he joined the 501st. Yeah, why you joined the 501st. Just because we got caught by technical difficulties. Very sorry about that, people. Not a problem. Um, well, I, well, as I said, my brother's a member of the 501st for uh, over a year. Uh, he's the age 811. He's a uh, full of fed. And uh, he'd, be a, he'd been a member. He'd been, uh, I did, I'd hang out with them while I was a member of the Rebel Legion. I was. I used to have a Han Solo costume, and I would, you know, I would attend the conventions. I would hang out with some of the members, and I, there was a good camaraderie between the guys. They all seemed to be good friends. My brother seemed to. He was. He was the youngest guy in the group, and he got along with him fine. Um, and so eventually, I thought, you know, I really, want, I really like the community of this group. Uh, I wanted to get the whole experience out of it, so uh, early before the summer, I bought a, a set of Clone Trooper armor, a kit for him, and about the middle of July, we got it in the mail and we started assembling it. In a few days, I had myself a completed set, and the following, I wore it out to my first event officially as a member. And yeah, that's basically how it started. Now, it's, it's been a lot of fun, you know, keeping up with the, the latest happenings of the Legion, uh, going to the conventions. I have like three, four conventions in the next six months, I believe, that I'll be going to as this uh, first member. So it's been a lot of fun just starting out with them. All right. And uh, how much do you love wearing the armor? Oh, um, well, I used to, I used to, when I first got it, I almost couldn't take it off. Except there's the one thing, if it wasn't willpower, it was the heat. Because that stuff gets hot. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade for anything. Uh, it's when it's wor- when you see the type of events you get to do, and the, just the, the reaction you get. It's it's just great to just mute in there. It, it, the the pro- all the, all the uh, good the good the benefits outweigh anything bad about it. Okay. And uh, do you have any funny anecdotes you'd like to tell us about? Um. Well, well, I've only been a. Uh, been to a couple events so far this year, but of course the first the first event when my costume was probably had a lot of awkward moments when was finding out you know the little kinks in the armor. Um, having built it myself, I you know tried a few things, thinking you know, okay, uh, do a little makeshift repairs here and there. And then at the first event, it's when you notice when the stuff starts to go wrong. Like um, in the, when I'd be walking down the street. Uh, a shoulder strap would suddenly detach and fall off my arm. That would get embarrassing. I have to repair it like in mid in mid stride. Um, also, when I was I didn't I didn't realize how the armor was trimmed. I'm I'm about uh, five foot nine, and so I do have to do a lot of trimming on the legs. And then when I notice when I'm walking, it's where it really starts to pinch, and then there's nothing you can do until you can get it all off and repair it. So yeah, my first event was probably the most awkward and just when you're finding out what what's the worst thing that can happen with your armor and usually it all goes wrong the first day <laughs> but you learn from that and from there from that point on it's always a good experience to actually attend conventions right oh definitely there you go and uh, I guess uh, there's wait oh yes there's this convention coming out in Toronto uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about it um, oh yes, uh, Sci-Fi Expo. Uh, that's in the weekend of, I believe, the 27th 
Khan. I don't know if that's the Friday or Saturday. That, that's right. It's the weekend of August 27, 29th, and the 28th. Uh, yes. And that's, yeah, and that's also combined with the CN Anime. Uh, uh, there's a comic convention. I the name will stay in a minute. Uh, and there's also a horror convention added. So that's a, a big four, four-in-one expo. But, um, yeah, I'll be going to that with the 501st for a couple days. Um, it's usually a lot of fun... Uh, you know, hanging out with the Star Wars uh, guests. Uh, I know last year they acted as an escort of sorts for the uh, for Peter Mayhew. Uh, I'm not sorry. Who was at the last one? Uh, last SFX. Last SFX. Ray Park. I think the Ray Park was there. Last Parky. SFX. I know, yes, Ray Park was there and Dave South. And in Montreal we had uh, Peter Mayhew. Mayhew. Yeah. Yes, and this year I believe it's just Peter Mayhew. Yes. So we originally with Kenny Baker and. It changed to Jeremy Bullock, and now it's changed again to, uh... And we are back for the fifth time tonight, I think, on Star Raven Wars. Raven will have some work to do. <laughs> on Star <laughs> Wars on direct. Oh, Lord. Sorry about that. Okay, we were just talking to Nick, and he was telling us about this convention coming up in uh, Toronto called the Canadian Nation National Expo. And uh, keep on uh, going where you were, Nick. Okay, well, uh, we left off the file first. Again, we'll be making a third. Um, for, uh, yeah, I'll be there at least for a couple of the days. Um, it's the like last week, but yes, we'll be appearing at the, the Q&As, perhaps with the, uh, with the Star Wars guests. They acted as an escort to uh, Ray Park and David Krause last year, and usually present during the autograph ceremony. And... Um, yeah, so the, for this year, so I think maybe we'll work it the same way for for Peter Mayhew. And, yeah, um, and yeah, you're showing up in costume. There's a lot of photo ops and uh, appearing in the masquerade, which is always a big hit. Um, and the last year, they did a, a terrific skit up on the uh, stage with the uh, MC Gordon, Gordon Rose. And yeah, it's going to be a hit again this year. So I'm looking forward to that. Even if Dragon Con follows the exact next weekend. Yes. Are you going to Dragon Con? Uh, yes, I should be with the again with the group. Great. Looking that out. Fun uh, a week up in Atlanta. It's it's kind of an irony that your brother is Boba Fett and you are a clone trooper. Yes, but I I didn't even concur to me when I was considering buying the armor um, with Boba Fett and the clone troopers being identical. And, yes, I see the connection. I saw it as soon as you said that. Yeah. All right. I thought there was a photo that was uh, taken at the last event of, you know, the two unhelmeted. Yeah. So got, got a kick out of it. A lot of people thought it was pretty funny. Mostly the Twitch. Okay. Well, well, Nick, thank you very much for being with us tonight. Oh, thanks for having me. I've been uh, listening a lot. And I, was ho I was hoping to call in sometime. Brian can really want to meet you. Yeah, and uh, we'll be going on uh, to a short musical break right now. We're going to be listening to uh, Matthew Go Goodband Apparitions, and uh, we're going to be right back in a short while, Star Wars on Direct. So, ladies and gentlemen, please be patient. We'll be right back after the short musical break. Close to me, 
At SimpleNet, you will get, at a very reasonable cost, an advertising space for your company, a website built for you by our team of professionals, or quite simply, a space to put your personal site online. The online gamers are not forgotten. We can offer fixed prices of bandwidth, as well as solutions for turnkey pre-configured game servers. Join us at www.simple-net.ca. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Hi, this is Trey Stokes, the writer-director of the award-winning Pink 5 series, and you're listening to Star Wars On Direct. And welcome back to Star Wars Android, the voice of Star Wars fandom, where we are right now talking about the community, which is the fans, you out there, who are doing events. You. Yes, you. you. Yes, you. We are talking about you. If you're sitting at right, home, Ryan. right now at home, we're talking about you. Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Fisto wants you. That was good. <laughs> okay. Uh, reigning Hollywood Northwest Sci-Fi Convention and Collector Show in SeaTac, Washington, August 28th and 29th, 2004. Star Wars guests include Felix Sela, Hanglider Iwaki in Return of the Jedi, Ray Park, played Darth Maul in Episode 1, and, yes, they, and Daniel Logan, who played Boa Fett. In Episode 2... two. And two, and two, and the location of this mon- wonderful convention will be at the Seattle, Seattle Marriott Hotel, SeaTac, Washington. Hours are from Saturday 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., Sunday 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Admissions for ages 8 and up is $8. Kids, kids 7 and under are free at the door only. For more information, you should visit their website, www.reigninghollywood.com. Are you going to have kids when you get older? I hope. I'm thinking more kegs, but well, you know, a mix between a, a oh, a kegs is is a little keg. There okay. you go. We just found a new uh, new word for a it. new word. A lots of kegs, <laughs> which might be actually going on at the after hour party with, that we will be hosting in our uh, hotel room at the Canadian National Expo in Toronto, Canada, from August 27th to the 29th. And the 28th is actually between those two days, which is basically in two weeks from now. And Star Wars guests include Kenny Baker. Not anymore. Who has just cancelled and was replaced by Jerry Bullock, who has just cancelled and was replaced now by our good friend Peter Mayhew. Hopefully his wife Angelica will be, here, will be there with him. And they're very great, pe- very great people, so I hope you'll be there to come and meet them with us. There's also a lot of artists who are going to be there. Ken, Ken Stacy. Uh, Brendan Peterson There's also going to be Kalman Andrusovsky There's going to be 
Hagen McLeod for the upcoming Star Wars Tales. And uh, Dennis Rodier, who did some work on the Superman comics and the Tales of the Jedi's. And Pierre-André Derry, who did some more work for the Star Wars Tales. Dub and Nico Enriken. So there's still going to be a lot of uh, Star, Wars, uh, Star Wars Tales artists and stuff like that. So Can't wait and to be there. Can't wait. And ourselves, of course. The crew from Star Wars on Direct will be there. Danny, myself, and Brian. Yes. Are you coming with us? Yes. Will we be there on, on uh, Friday evening? Yes. Good. We better be there. Okay, we'll have to talk about this afterward. But you'll understand later. And watch for uh, the room party. Yes, watch for is. the after-hour room party thrown by Star Wars on Direct. I hope we're not going to get kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Pl- I have somewhere else to sleep. Good. Not me. Not inside, us. Inside <laughs> Mary Claude's car and maybe... Uh, Dark Jedi Star. Dark Jedi Star. <laughs> there you go. Okay. And now, basically, I want to tell you guys out there that we, yes, we at Star Wars on Direct in Montreal have gained access to the very worldwide premiere of Garden State. Ooh, yes. And this is going to be happening this coming Thursday at 7.30 at the AMC Theater. We still have some passes left. If you'd like to join us, please send us an email at studio at swendirect.com. In the subject line, Garden State. With the subject line, Garden State. Very well pointed out. And we shall see if we have enough passes to let you in. If we don't, we will inform you so. so. Please drop us a line. We would love to have you there. We would love to have you there. So drop us a line because we're very limited in, pla- in, in places. And that is basically what concludes the Star Wars Undirect community update. So we're going to go on and close the show, this Friday the 13th weekend show, which has been... Uh, Crappy. Plagued with errors. Pla- plagued with technical difficulties. Oh, we didn't have any difficulties with the technical French show. Error. I don't know. I don't know what happened. It's like... We, have, we had a perfect show. We had the perfect show. Yeah. It's the French. French. It's the English side of the force. Oh, yes. Before I forget... I would like to say hi from the French garrison to all of the fr- all of the guys in the uh, United States. Uh, guys, we're saying hi from France to you guys in the United States. Yeah, the French garrison. Cool. That was funny, wasn't it? Give me a little credit. It was a Parisian accent. It wasn't a French accent. Get out of my foxhole. <laughs> and of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you are a man or a woman with good communication skills who's, who are doing the, maj- the major convention circuit in the U.S., Dragon Con, Gen Con, Comic Con, Wizard World, etc., send us an email at studio at swendirect.com with the title SWD Correspondent. And uh, that is basically it. Do you have a word, Mr. Producer? Uh, Wookie Martian wants to come with us. Oh with boy. Alright, this will be a party not to miss. I guess I only have one thing to say. This will be very interesting. Wookie Mart is our really hometown Wookie. He's basically tall enough to be one. Next show will be Are you saying that you sound so gay doing the French? Uh <laughs> you haven't heard my Manal thing then Just okay. wait He's gonna like He's gonna do a big lol Okay Next show is gonna be probably on uh, Friday evening sa- uh, Friday evening the 27th Or maybe both We're most definitely gonna have something going on on Saturday the 28th And It's very doubtful But we might have something going on in the afternoon of the of Sunday the 29th 
hopefully uh, you you guys will be there and you'll be able to uh, listen to the show as we will announce it probably over the course of the weekend. Uh, if you have any comments on the show and you would like to make any suggestions for upcoming subject, please send an email to studio at swndiary.com. If you like the show, we suggest you talk about it around yourself. Word to mouth is the best policy we can have by our listeners. Bring a friend to the next show. That was a perfect music fitting again once more at Star Wars on Direct. We'd at like least we had something working tonight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We'd like to take a second to thank our sponsors, Sitland.net, LegendsActionFigures.com, and uh, Legends Action Figures, which is actually a store here in Montreal, and Action Figures with Canadian and prices. it's also a very good web store. There you go. There you go. SWRedemption.com, our web host, Simple-Net.ca, without whom this wouldn't be possible. Partners, FurryConflict.com, Trek Wars, The Furry Conflict Audio Drama, Episode3.net, Millennium Falcon, TheForce.net, your daily dose of Star Wars, Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target, T-Bone Star Wars Universe, and the Galactic Senate message boards, available at StarWarsWithZ.com, and StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio. This is your host, Remy Taze, Danny, the producer, and the co-host, Brian saying, vote for Pedro, and see you next time on Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. This show has been brought to you by SimpleNet. Webmasters, online gamers, or administrators of e-business. At SimpleNet, we will always have a solution to meet your needs. You were listening to Star Wars on Direct, the voice of Star Wars fandom. Be sure to visit www.swondirect.com for more information about upcoming shows. Legends Action Figures, the place for Star Wars figures and collectibles in Canada. Visit our website and compare our prices. We've got customers from all around the world and the best service around. Come meet the staff at our Montreal store or visit our website at www.legendsactionfigures.com. All prices in Canadian dollars. Cyclan.net, c'est les toutes dernières actualités sur l'univers Star Wars. Plusieurs dossiers sur la saga, des événements et rencontres entre fans. Un énorme forum de discussion. Une radio web à contenu 100% Star Wars, incluant une ligne ouverte en direct. Plusieurs concours ouverts au Québec et en Europe, et bien plus encore. Ne résistez pas à la tentation du côté obscur. Cliquez sur le www.cyclan.net. Galactic Hunter, the place where you can find the latest Star Wars collectible news from all around the world. From the Hasbro and Kenner lines of action figures, to comics, games, prop collectibles, and events. 
everything is covered and reviewed. Join our fan community and the Bounty Hunter Collective forums and find all your bounties at www.galactichunter.com. Galactic Hunter, keeping collectors on target. StarWarsFanWorks.com, the home of Star Wars fan audio on the Internet. It's your home for Star Wars fan audio genre news, a comprehensive catalog of fan-made Star Wars radio shows, parody tales, and serious audio dramas. With behind-the-scenes features, a message board, reviews, tutorials, convention coverage, an internet movie database-style directory of the entire Star Wars fan audio community, and the only fan audio community-recognized Star Wars Fan Audio Academy Awards held each year. StarWarsFanWorks.com. Fandom has a whole new sound. Hi everybody, this is Josh from TheForce.net. When you get online, be sure to stop by the number one fan site for Star Wars for your daily dose. Our Star Wars news is updated literally a dozen times a day. We cover everything from the upcoming Episode 3 to the latest video games and collecting news. If it's connected to Star Wars, you'll find it on TFN. Post your thoughts about Star Wars, react to the latest news in the Jedi Council forums, over 10,000 posts a day. Stop by our side of the internet, theforce.net, your daily dose of Star Wars. Sir, if you'll not be needing me, I'll close down for a while. 